0: let's get to the word of god today last week i was I, I wasn't here as many of you would know i was in winnipeg my daughter eden was was playing basketball with the u of r against the the u of m and so Angie and I and jl went up for the weekend to watch her and also uh we had the opportunity to go to church of the rock on sunday morning church of the rock is is a lifelinks church and and uh, church of the rock is an extremely generous church and last year they gave Lift Evangelistic Ministries, the, our ministry here out of this church, $75,000 specifically to put towards the Pakistan crusade. And so I was able to give an update on their church and, and just express my thanks to them, which was awesome. And it was just great to be in their service, but on the way home as we were driving in the van, we tuned in and uh, listened to the service here and listened to my dad's sermon last week on fire and wine and it was a powerful preach wasn't it really enjoyed that it was uh, it was great to listen to that in the car and in the message my dad spoke about what is stirring in his spirit and I think there is a strong sense among many believers that God is up to something special in our in our city in our province and in our nation he's doing something new and when the new comes, it needs a new wineskin. Jesus said this in Luke five thirty seven. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. So every time God wants to do something, it requires us to stretch. Now when it comes to stretching, this is not something I'm very good at. I think I'm one of the, the least flex, flexible people around when I try and do some stretching. I don't have to go very far before I feel the pain. I don't like people trying to twist me or crack things or, or pop things. I, I've never been one that stretched out a lot before playing sports. I'm like, let's just, let's just play. I just want to play and we'll warm up as we go. But my wife, on the other hand, she's completely different. She loves the stretch. She's constantly twisting and snapping and popping. And she will even ask the kids or myself sometimes to sit on her as she lays on the floor and help Pull her body and twist her into ways that she couldn't, because she wants to go even further. She acts like an amateur chiropractor. She always wants to twist you and pop you and show you her latest trick of of distorting her body into a new way. And she gets annoyed at me because I don't want her to touch me. I said, "Don't do your witchcraft on me." (laughs) I've never been one who naturally embraces the stretch. But recently it dawned on me how true this is for me spiritually as well. Last week, uh, or or the week before, I had the privilege of hanging out here in Regina for two and a half days uh, uh, with five Canadian evangelists. And we were hanging out together at the invitation of Terrell Smith, who is the evangelist, who is the catalyst behind the Come Together stadium event at Mosaic this June. And she brought us together so that we could get to know one another and dream and scheme, as she said, about the nation of Canada. And we talked and we prayed for two and a half days about how we could potentially partner together to mobilize the church in Canada Canada and see ten stadium events across the country. That chokes me up. I went into our time together cautious, but with an open mind. And we had an amazing time together. And I can tell you that I grew to love all five of these people in a, in a short period of time. I think I, uh, I, in fact, I know I made some new lifelong friends and partners. But as we were together, we, we spent time just hearing each other's stories and, and learning about the journeys that God has had each of us on that has sort of brought us to this point. And in the middle of the two and a half days, Adam Shepsky, who was one of the guys in attendance, and he started to tease me and he said to the group, Have you noticed that most of Joel's stories begin with the phrase, I had no desire to do that, or I never wanted to be this, or I thought that was a crazy idea. And everyone was sort of laughing at me and I realized, yeah, it's true. Almost everything I've ever done for God of any significance has required him to wrestle me to the ground and pin me into submission. And as Adam was teasing me, I was reminded actually of a prophetic word I received from Bill Norton. Some of you will remember Wild Bill and he gave me this prophetic word in, in the, in, when I was just in my mid-twenties, when I was sort of hiding out, and he was challenging me to come out of hiding and to come out of the shadows. I never wanted to be in the spotlight. But in the prophetic word, he said these words to me, and it just sort of came back to me. He said, there may be heel marks all the way to the altar, but God is going to get you there. And I've worn out the heels of a few shoes over the years. But in the process, I've learned that in order to be who God has called me to be and and to do what God has called me to do, I have to be one who embraces the stretch. Every step forward requires a stretch. Doing what I've never done before requires a stretch. You cannot live your call and you cannot grow without embracing the stretch. And that was part of Dad's challenge to us last week. If God is going to do is doing something new is going to require a willingness to stretch. And so in the time that I have remaining, I, w- I want to pick up on that idea today. I want to just give you some discoveries from my own personal journey that have allowed me to embrace the stretch, even when I didn't initially want to do so. I have three thoughts for you this morning. In order to embrace the stretch, the first thing that I've discovered, is that heart work is required. In order for something to stretch, it has to be soft and it has to be pliable. Only a soft and tender heart will embrace the stretch that following Jesus requires. In Ezekiel chapter 11 verse 19 Ezekiel prophesies to the exiled Jews about a time when God would bring them from exile back home and about the change that would happen in their hearts. And he says, And I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. So they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. Notice that the stony and stubborn is changed to tender and responsive. Only a soft heart will respond to the call of God. Before Isaiah ever uttered the famous words, Here I am, Lord, send me. In response to this cry that came from the throne of God, who will go for me? There was first a moment in Isaiah's life of brokenness and repentance. Isaiah had realized the state of his heart and the wickedness within him. And he had cried out and said, I'm a man of unclean lips. And God had cleansed him with the coal from the altar, with the fire of God. And as he was cleansed and as he was changed, then he became one who was willing to stretch and respond. You know, for several years I hid from the call of God on my life. But as God revealed Himself to me and softened my heart with His love and His mercy, my priorities began to change and so did my willingness to say yes to God. I think every major stretch I've taken has always been preceded by a change that God did in my heart and by a softening in my heart by the Holy Spirit. This recent journey that I've been on with with Terrell Smith and even my invitation to join this gathering of evangelists started as it often does with me. It started with some heart work. I've shared this story here from this pulpit of how I was spending some time with the Lord on a Saturday in my living room when the Holy Spirit showed up with questions that went straight into my heart. He asked me if I had something against Terrell Smith. He asked me if I was jealous of her. He asked me if I would help her and serve her with no strings attached so that she could be more successful in the very thing that I've dreamed of being successful in. And he was digging at my own sense of pride and my own sense of motivation and significance. And I had a choice in that moment. Would I humble myself and would I respond or would I harden my heart? By His grace, I humbled myself and I responded and I repented and I surrendered and I let go and I got my priorities right and I offered myself to God in service. And I offered myself to her in service. And what's been the result? The result is God is stretching me. And he's stretching our church as well. He's stretching us financially. We're, we're all in. And I'm all in on casting this vision and rallying others. And, and Terrell has even asked me recently if I will travel around the province and go to other ministerials and cast the vision. And I said, I'll help you however I can. And I'm now in meetings dreaming and scheming for Canada that are both exciting me and terrifying me at the same time. And as I sat in those meetings last week, loving the connections, being humbled by the opportunities, being terrified at what it all could mean, I couldn't help but realize I would have missed it all and never would have stretched if I hadn't allowed the Holy Spirit to soften me in the living room of my house. Whole sermons could be preached on what it means to soften our hearts. But I know it involves living a life in the presence of God. His presence changes us. It changes our priorities. It changes how we see things. It's why a life of worship and prayer are so vital. It always involves prayers like David prayed in Psalm 139. Search me, O God. And know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts, point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. It always involves reading His Word, and letting it be a mirror into our hearts. If what is in our hearts doesn't align with His words, then our hearts have to change. And we get to decide, is His Word going to be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, or am I going to do it my way? It will always involve forgiveness and repentance and humility. It is those who submit to God who have the power to resist the devil. That's what James taught us. He said in James 4, verse 7, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He flees after you submit. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And then what will happen? He will lift you up. Church, you will never respond to God and you will never have the power and the authority to resist the enemy's devices without a soft and tender heart. Solomon said in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. And that is why my dad's message, and that's what my dad's message on embracing the fire was all about. Will we allow the fire of God to purify our hearts? I'm telling you, without that fire, without that purification, we will never embrace the stretch. We will never be ones who will respond to the invitation to go and step out of our comfort zones. My second point, the second thing I've realized, that in order to embrace the stretch, we must hear the voice of God. As I've already mentioned, stretching... It's not something that I quickly embrace. Recently, we took all our pastoral staff and our elders through a team-building exercise here at the church. We did what uh, is called the Grip-Berkman Assessment. And it was a great time of learning about each other and our various personalities and our leadership styles. One of the things that was a bit of a surprise to some uh, is that one of my team styles of leading is called let's be careful? A need that I have is to have someone as a part of my leadership team that has a team style of let's go. So I'm a let's be careful and I need a let's go in order to be successful. Now, a lot of people would think that I am a let's go kind of leader. And so it was surprising that it came out that my leadership style is more let's be careful than let's go. And the reason is, is because people think that I seem passionate and that I dream big. Well, I am passionate and I do dream big, but I'm also very concerned about making mistakes. And I'm also very concerned about taking risks or doing anything in my own strength. As my dad has said many times, there is a fine line between faith and presumption. And if I'm going to risk or stretch, I need to hear God's voice. And I need it confirmed and underlined and highlighted and stamped and branded and whatever. I need to know that I know that I know. Gideon is the guy that I think had it right. I think Gideon had a let's be careful style of leadership. Some would call it doubt and unbelief. I just think he had a let's be careful style. He dragged his feet for quite a while. He was the guy that God called out of hiding to lead an army of 300 people against a massive army. And if you know his story, his journey to come to faith involved multiple confirmations. But once he became convinced, he was bold and courageous. And I too will lead boldly. But only when I'm convinced that God is in it. The voice of God, I have discovered, gives me courage to do what I never would do. To stretch where I never would and to go forward where in the natural it would be absolutely foolish to do so. I just want to know that God is in it. If He is speaking, then I know that the impossible becomes possible. If He is leading, then He can make a way when there is no way. If God is behind something, then I know it is more dangerous to disobey than to enter a land full of giants. In our church, we value the gift of prophecy. We don't encourage living our lives on one prophetic word, but we acknowledge that it is a gift that God has given the body, and it can be a powerful, confirming voice as we seek to discern and do God's will. And if we are people that practice the presence of God, we will be more in tune to recognize God's voice. It was the time with the Lord that started me down this process with Terrell. It began with heart work, but it also came with a sense, uh, as I surrendered to God in my living room, He began to speak to me that somehow part of my destiny and God's will for my life would come to fulfillment through this connection with her. And I've learned to recognize the voice of God enough to pay attention to the sense that I had in my spirit and the thoughts that were going through my mind. Dreams of stadiums and reminders of the prayers I prayed in my 20s as I marched around Mosaic were resurfacing. It was enough that it led me to listen to Terrell when she called me out of the blue a few days later. Now from what I can see with Terrell, she's a let's go girl. Sometimes let's go people need let's be careful people because we balance each other out. Perhaps that's why God's linking us together. And she told me why she believed God was saying, let's go. And I gave her all the natural reasons why we should be careful. But I got off that phone, that first phone call with her feeling more and more like God was saying, let's go. And so I asked Anatoly to come and hear Terrell and her vision and tell me what he felt. And he said to me, Joel, I feel a let's go. The elders gave me a strong, let's go. And those things became enough for me to feel strong enough to take the risk to stand in front of you and say, we're going to commit $60,000 as a church, let's go. And I've been cautiously moving forward, but I tell you, I'm getting bolder. And meeting with those evangelists a couple weeks ago provoked me even more. And one of the most powerful things that happened in our meetings was we had a a Zoom call in with Bill Prankert from Ontario. Now, I I don't know Bill uh, personally. I've seen his face on on TV. I've known that he's been a a Canadian leader for many years, but I'm only learning about him recently. I didn't know his story. But he's the spiritual father to many of those evangelists that, we, that I was meeting with. And, and he zoomed in and, and he spoke to us pretty powerfully about the significance of our gathering. Scared me actually by how significant he thought it was. And he shared with us his story and the vision that God gave him for Canada 52 years ago. And he began to share with us how God had given him a vision 52 years ago of stadiums being filled across the nation with thousands of people hitting the streets, boldly proclaiming the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said to us, this vision has been the driving force of my ministry and my call to the nation of Canada. And during COVID, when he saw so many people discouraged, he felt stirred to go across the nation with a message of hope. And he held meetings all across Canada under the title of Stand on Guard for Canada. And basically his premise was, don't worry, don't be so concerned. God gave me a vision 52 years ago. God still got a plan for this nation. He was so convinced that God would have his day in this country. And so he said, you don't understand the significance of this meeting because in this gathering we had proclamation evangelists like Terrell and I and street evangelists like Adam Shepsky and Danny Mackay. These guys are nuts. As we walked around Regina, every restaurant we went into, they prayed for the waiters and led them to Jesus and words of knowledge and healing. I was like, I'm just sort of standing like, wow, this is awkward. How do you guys do this? And they're the ones that have been traveling across the nation, equipping the churches in Canada. And we're going to host them right here in our own church. And I want all our church to be there and be mobilized to share your faith. It's going to be powerful. And Bill's exhortation, I'm telling you, it sobered me. It terrified me. And it excited me. And I was just hearing the voice of God say, let's go. There's a famous story in scripture of Moses sending 12 men to spy on Canaan. Numbers 13 and 14 tell the story. Ten men came back with a report that said, We can't do it. Two guys had a different report. And this was their report to Moses We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it's indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, Jebusites and Amorites. They live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Notice this phrase, let's go! At once to take the land, he said, we can certainly conquer it. Did you notice the words of Caleb? Let's go. He had a let's go in his spirit. But the report of the ten had caused everyone in the camp to wail. And they talked about how impossible it was and how big the giants were. And they even wanted to overthrow the leadership. And in Numbers 14.5, it says, Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground, Before the whole community of Israel, two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, The land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, He will bring us safely into that land. And He will give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Why did Caleb and Joshua have a let's go attitude? They had one because they were convinced that God was with them. That God had spoken. And so as a result, they no longer saw giants. They only saw how wonderful the land was. They only saw the milk and honey. Those giants just faded into the backgrounds. And church, I believe there comes a time in our lives where we have to decide if God has spoken. And if we believe He has, I'm telling you, we better have a let's go in our spirits. Those who refused to believe the voice of God and His promises died in the wilderness. Only Joshua and Caleb got to possess their inheritance. Is stretching terrifying? Yes! But you know what terrifies me more? Missing out on God's inheritance by disobeying if He has spoken. Terrell said something to me in that very first conversation. I was telling her how crazy she was. She told me yesterday. She said people have been watching what you said, and they're telling me that pastor—it's online—that he's telling you how crazy she. I said, Terrell, it's a term of endearment. I told her this is crazy. She said to me, Joel, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm so convinced that God has spoken to me that I'm willing to take the risk. I've also become so convinced that I've chosen to come with her and say to her, do all that is within your heart to do. I'm with you 100%. Church, this has been the story of my life. Many of you. I left teaching school and took a significant pay cut because I became convinced God had called me to pastor Harvest City Church. That's a story. God dragged me to the altar but I became convinced enough to surrender. I started lift evangelistic ministries with the same apprehensions and continue to take risks only because I became convinced God was telling me to. You remember when we built this addition a few years ago. Leading our church to build that addition was impossible. It was terrifying. But I became convinced God had told us to move and. He did the impossible. We paid cash for a two and a half million dollar expansion. I'll drag my feet. And I'll wear out the heels of my shoes. But when I know God has spoken, I know I better have a let's go in my spirit. Because I know the safest place to be is in the will of God. Church, let there be a cry in our hearts. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. I don't want to build my kingdom. I want to build God's kingdom. I don't want to live by my perspective. I want to live by His. I don't want to think by my own limitations. I want to dream according to the resources of heaven. And these are days when we must hear the voice of God. These are days to hang out with people of faith and people of courage and ignore the voices of fear and doubt. Church, God has a call on every one of our lives, but it will require a stretch. But if you can hear the voice of God, it will bring you courage. Why did Peter go out to fish again on the night he had caught nothing? He went out because Jesus told him to. He had heard the voice of God. And that night he had the best fishing night of his life. Later, Peter left the safety of the boat he was in in the middle of a storm to walk on the water because he said to Jesus, if you call me, if I hear your voice to come, I'll come. And he heard Jesus say, come on. And so out he went. There is nothing like the voice of God. The voice of God brought creation into existence. His voice gives courage. It gives life. It calls into existence that which doesn't exist. We must hear His voice. Only His voice will give us the ability to stretch and obey. Finally, in order for us to stretch, we have to let go. Abraham in Scripture is a man who we often look to as an example of what it means to have faith in God. He's the father of faith. And his story is incredible from the humble beginnings he had to becoming the father of many nations. And Hebrews 11 verse 8 says this about his beginning. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. The first thing we notice here is that Abraham obeyed God when he called him. He heard the voice of God, as we've just been saying. And he acted on what he heard. But I want you to notice that this stretch required a complete letting go of what he knew, and what he was comfortable with, to embrace something that he knew nothing about. My dad and I were talking this week about, the st- about stretching. And he said to me, he said, many of us want to stretch, but we're still hanging on to what's comfortable. Without letting go of what is secure and safe. But God always seems to require us to go a little further than what we can reach to unless we let go. Peter couldn't hang on to the side of the boat and walk to Jesus on the water. He had to let go of it completely. Abraham couldn't step into his land of promise without completely leaving the land of his birth behind. Following Jesus always requires a letting go. Jesus said, if you want to find your life, you got to lose your life. Peter had to let go of his nets to become the fisher of men that Jesus called him to. Last week, or a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to do a walkthrough of Mosaic Stadium with some other pastors from Regina and the evangelists that had come from out of town. And it was exciting to stand on the field and go, here's where the stage is going to be and here's where we're going to baptize people. Brought tears to my eyes as we talked about how it would all look. And at one point we were up above the stadium in one of sort of the VIP places in Mosaic that I've never been into before. Looking down over the field and I was standing beside Terrell and we were just sort of looking at it and I just leaned over and I whispered to her are you scared? and she said "Joel, you have no idea how much my legs shake some days and I said mine too and I don't have as much on the line as you do she's exercising tremendous courage in the face of it all she believes she's heard God I do too but she isn't about to book the stadium with all the money in her hands already (laughs) and all the things in place. Oh, that would be nice. But when God asks you to stretch, my experience is that our only safety net is Him. Every let's go involves a letting go. Let me say that again. Every let's go involves a let go. In conclusion, my friends, God has great things for us as a church. He has great things for us as individuals. He's got great things for your life. He's got a call for you to live. Every step forward, to step into the things that God has for us as a church and that God has for us as individuals will require a stretch. The question for us is this. Will we do the hard work to do the heart work? Will we pursue the presence of God so that we can hear His voice? Will we have the courage to let go when God says it's time to go? Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to close in prayer today. I'm I'm not going to call you forward, but I do feel like maybe even as I've been preaching, God is speaking to you about your own heart. Maybe there's just been this sense of, God, my heart is cold. My heart is hard. Or maybe there's just some areas where God's been putting His finger on and saying you need to deal with that. You haven't been stretching because you've got to deal with this. Maybe there's some things that God is speaking to you about, or even He's calling you to let go, because He's calling you to go. And there's a wrestle. Maybe today is a day when God is asking you to lay that down and giving you the courage. If that's you, I just want you to respond in your own heart to God as I pray this morning. God, we just come before you today. We want to be ones that embrace the stretch. Lord, I don't want to die in the wilderness outside of the promised land because I wouldn't get to the place where I was willing to allow you to stretch me. God, would You soften our hearts? Oh God, we pray as the psalmist did, search our hearts, oh God. If there's something unclean within me, if there's something in my heart that offends You, oh God, would You highlight it to me? Would You give me the courage to repent, to humble myself? Oh God, we want to live lives of submission to You so we can walk in authority. Over the enemy of our souls. Lord we come before you humbly. And we just say God. We need to hear your voice. Speak to me Lord. Open my ears to hear. Open my eyes to see. Lord there are so many voices in our world. So many voices in our lives. That are clamoring for our attention. That are speaking all sorts of messages. There's lots of lies that the enemy is whispering. God, we need the voice of God. We need Your voice to cut through the noise. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see so that we know what is faith and what is presumption. So that we know what You're leading us to. So that we have the courage to respond. So we're not deceived by the enemy. And God, those things in our life that are holding us back from being who You've called us to be. Oh God, would You give us a new grace and a new courage to let them all go. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Bless you, church. If you're new with us today, man, good for you for coming and visiting with us on a cold morning. We have a meet and greet for visitors upstairs in our mezzanine. If you just head out the door and head up the stairs, we have some snacks there, and some of our leadership team will be there. I'll be there, other pastors from our church. We just want to meet you, introduce ourselves to you, hear a little bit of your story. Uh, So please come and say hello. We'd love to meet you.
1: Well, that brings us to the end of our time together. We hope that you found insight and had moments that spoke to you right where you needed it. Before you go, share the love and post this inspiring video to your page. Who knows how many lives could be impacted by it? And if you aren't already, like, follow, and turn on your social media notifications to keep up to date on all the exciting things happening at our church. Here at Harvest City, we're all about connecting with our community and celebrating those big moments. Like if you've recently decided to fully dedicate your life to Jesus. We'll be your cheerleaders and help you take those first steps. And if you're going through a tough season, let us know how we can help you. Plus, we've got tons of programs for kids, youth and adults, if you're looking for a new community to be part of. To send us a message or check out more about HCC, head over to our website, harvestcity.ca. To all of our financial partners, thank you for investing into the Kingdom of God. Your generosity allows us to keep doing what we're called to do and reach even more people. If you're interested in contributing, please visit harvestcity.ca slash giving for more info. Thanks for being here, keep living your call, and we'll catch you again soon.